Good morning to everyone. Good to see everyone here. Thank you for your presence this morning. We'd like to welcome our visitors. We appreciate your presence here. And uh, if you would, we would like for you to fill out one of the blue cards located on the seat in front of you. And you can drop that in the uh, collection plate as that comes by. Or there's a couple of boxes in the back. You can leave it in those as you uh, leave. We'd like for you to please keep all of our sick and shut in in your prayers this week. And you can see our bulletin for a complete list of those. Also, I want to say that Judy Goosetree has let it be known that her desire is to worship here, place membership, to work and worship under the leadership of the elders. We'd like for you to please welcome Judy and uh, the family here at Highland Heights. Our sympathy is extended to uh, the Dickens family and the passing of Woodrow Woody Dickens last Sunday. His services were conducted this past Wednesday. Please keep this family in your prayers. Care Group 2 will meet this morning following Bible classes. Excuse me, Care Group 1 will meet this morning following Bible classes in the training room to pick up their assignments. Also, a bridal shower will be held this afternoon for Allie Burroughs, the bridal elect of Lucas Haskins. That's from 2 to 4 p.m., and they are registered at thenot.com. Girls for God will meet this afternoon at 4.30 in the high school classroom. Also, our Wednesday evening meal is this coming Wednesday at 5.30 p.m., so if you haven't signed the sheet in the foyer, you can do that. Uh, the, pizza, the menu will be pizza, salad, and dessert, so uh, we encourage everyone to join us for that. The Rising Youth Group, if you would like a shirt for your child, please sign their name with the church size Fellowship Hall by October the 18th. Also, Happy Hearts will meet Monday, October the 9th at 6 p.m. in the Fellowship Hall for soup and sandwich. Please see Larry Hayslip or Ray Dinwiddie if you have any questions about that. This morning, we'd like to read from Psalms chapter 95, verses 1 through 6. Psalms 95, verses 1 through 6. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glories among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods, for all the gods of the peoples are wor worthless idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Would you bow with me as we go to God in prayer?
Holy God, we're so thankful for the gift of this day and for the blessing we have together here this morning to worship you. God, we pray that we will focus, Father, on your service this morning. We will focus on you, the love that you have for us. We thank you for your mercy and for your grace. We thank you, Father, for Jesus. Thank you for the sacrifice that he was willing to make on the cross. Thank you, Father, for the hope that we have of heaven. God, we know that there are those that are suffering and hurting in many ways, and we ask your blessing on them today, Father. Ask that you please comfort them and, and be with them, strengthen them. And God, we pray that you will forgive us. We know we are weak. We do sin and allow things to come into our heart, into our mind sometimes that we should not. And we ask you to strengthen us and forgive us. God, as we enter our service this morning, we pray that you will be with us, that all that we do and say will bring honor to you. For it's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. As we begin today's song service, if you're using the book, we'll be singing number 111. And would you stand, please, as we sing? Come we that love the Lord and let our joys be known. Join in a song with sweet accord, join in a song with sweet accord. And thus around the throne, and thus around the throne, we're marching to Zion, beautiful, beautiful Zion. We're marching upward to Zion, the beautiful city of God. Let those refuse to sing who never knew our God. But children of the heavenly King, but children of the heavenly King may speak their joys abroad, may speak their joys abroad. We're marching to Zion, beautiful, beautiful Zion. We're marching upward to Zion, the beautiful city of God. Then let our songs abound and every tear be dried. We're marching through Emmanuel's ground. We're marching through Emmanuel's ground to fairer worlds on high, to fairer worlds on high. We're marching to Zion, beautiful, beautiful Zion. We're marching upward to Zion, the beautiful city of God. Please be seated. Next, we'll sing together number 397. 397. Brightly beams our Father's mercy, 
from his line house evermore. But to us he gives the keeping of the lights along the shore. Let the low lights be burning, send a gleam across the wave. Some poor fainting, struggling seaman, you may rescue, you may save. Dark the night of sin has settled, loud the angry billows roar. Eager eyes are watching, longing for the lights along the shore. Let the low lights be burning, send a gleam across the wave. Some poor fainting, struggling seaman, you may rescue, you may save. Trim your feeble lamp, my brother, some poor sailor tempest-tossed, trying now to make the harbor in the darkness may be lost. Let the low lights be burning, send a gleam across the wave. Some poor fainting, struggling seaman, you may rescue, you may save. Next we'll sing number 118. Following this song, we will have our scripture reading and the contribution will be collected. 118. When upon life's billows you are tempest-tossed, when you are discouraged thinking all is lost, count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one, count your blessings, see what God hath done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God hath done. Are you ever burdened with a load of care? Does the cross seem heavy you are called to bear? Count your many blessings, every doubt will fly. And you will be singing as the days go by. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God hath done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God hath done. So amid the conflict, whether great or small, 
Do not be discouraged, God is over all. Count your many blessings, angels will attend. Help and comfort give you to your journey's end. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God hath done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God hath done. Scripture reading this morning will be taken from 1 Peter 3, verses 8 through 12. I'll be reading from the English Standard Version. Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless, for this is you were called that you may obtain a blessing. For whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. We live in a blessed nation in the fact that anyone who desires to work generally can find work. Those that are retired generally have payment coming in for their retirement. But we must always remember that the Lord has given us this ability and given us this blessing to be able to work. And we must know that everything belongs to the Lord, even the money that we make. And we need to always have a cheerful heart whenever we return a portion of that money back to the Lord, which is to be used for the furtherance of his uh, work. I'd like to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 16, first two verses. Now concerning the collection of the saints, as I have given orders to the churches of Galatia, so must you do. On the first day of the week, let each one of you lay something aside, storing up as, as he may prosper, that there will be no collections when I come. The Lord loves a cheerful giver, and we should give willingly, not grudgingly. Would the men come forward? Our most gracious, loving Heavenly Father, how great Thou art. Father, we thank You for all the blessings You have given us. We're thankful for our health. We're thankful for our good work that we have, that we can earn the money to support our families, to support the work of the church. Father, help us to have a cheerful heart now as we give back to You a portion of that which You have let us have to be good stewards over. 
Father, help us to always think of you, think of your work. Father, be with us now as we give back to you what you so rightly deserve. We pray this through Jesus' name. Amen. As we prepare our minds for the Lord's Supper, let's sing together the number 330. <clears throat> 330. On this Lord's day we assemble round the table of the Lord. Happy hearts are made to tremble when we hear his blessed word thanks to god for such a savior now enthroned in heaven above thanks for this exalted favor blessed memorial of his love we recall his broken body as we look upon this bread, give ye thanks, divide and eat it. In my memory, he said, thanks to God for such a Savior, now enthroned in heaven above. Thanks for this exalted favor. Blessed memorial of his love. And this crimson cup reminds us of the dread scene long ago when he died in pain and anguish. There his blood was made to flow. Thanks to God for such a Savior now enthroned in heaven above. Thanks for this exalted favor, blessed memorial of his love. There in agony he suffered on the cross for you and me. 
blessed Lamb of Calvary. Thanks to God for such a Savior, now enthroned in heaven above. Thanks for this exalted favor, blessed memorial of his love. As we gather this morning around the, the table to partake of the communion, we need to let our minds and hearts go back to the great sacrifice that Jesus did for us by dying on the cross. I'd like to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 26. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Men come forward. Our Father in heaven, we are so thankful for your love for us. We're so thankful that Jesus came and died to give us the hope for eternal life. Father, as we gather around this table now to partake of this, this bread, we might do so in a manner well pleasing in thy sight. Help us to remember the great sacrifice and great love that you have for us. Father, we pray this through your son's name, Jesus. Amen.
Our most gracious, loving, heavenly Father, how awesome and great thou art. Father, we're thankful that you loved us enough and Jesus loved us enough that he was willing to come, shed his blood for us. Father, we pray that we might partake of this fruit of the vine now and be able to remember back when Jesus shed his blood for us and died for us because he loved us. Father, help us to partake of this fruit of the vine in a manner well-pleasing and thy sight. Help us to always think of you and think of your love for us. We pray this through your son's name, Jesus. Amen. You are using the book and would like to market our song of invitation at the appropriate time this morning will be number 95. Number 95. And then before our lesson this morning, number 421. And would you stand, please? I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry. From the waters lifted me, now safe am I. Love lifted me, love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me, love lifted me, love lifted me. Love lifted me. All my heart to him I give, ever to him I'll cling. In his blessed presence live, ever his praises sing. 
love so mighty and so true merits my soul's best songs. Faithful, loving service to, to him belongs. Love lifted me, love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me, love lifted me, love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me. Souls in danger look above, Jesus completely saves. He will lift you by his love out of the angry waves. He's the master of the sea, billows his will obey. He, your Savior, wants to be, be saved today. Love lifted me, love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me, love lifted me, love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me. Please be seated. Good morning. Good to see each and every one of you here this morning. Uh, we want to extend a warm welcome to those that might be visiting with us. Uh, welcome. Uh, you're always our honored guest here at Highland Heights. Uh, if you would, if you're visiting, take out one of those cards and fill that out, and you can give that to me in the back of the auditorium or place those in two little black boxes there in the back after the service is over. That's just so we can express our appreciation for you being here this morning. If someone were to ask you, how satisfied are you with your current life right now? How would you respond? In fact, many Americans today would say that they are extremely dissatisfied if you look at recent statistics. Statistics show us that since the 1990s, the satisfaction level within our country is on a continual decline uh, that we see uh, within our present, ex present experience. Feelings of, of loneliness and isolation are, are, are growing. The rise in uh, digital media, social media, is directly connected to the fall of real, meaningful relationships that we desperately need uh, as human beings. Uh, we, we hear about the increase in poor mental health constantly. You know, m many people, we look around our world today and our culture, they're dissatisfied with their life, with the current life that they're living. And, and that's a shame because even in a fallen world, our God desires the very opposite for his creatures. Now, don't misunderstand me. We don't proclaim and we don't preach a gospel of superficial happiness. We don't preach a health, wealth, and prosperity gospel, a gospel of superficial happiness. Come to Jesus and you'll feel all bubbly inside. That's not the gospel that we preach and proclaim. We preach a gospel of salvation from sins through Jesus Christ. But the reality of it is that when you receive this blessed gospel, this good news of Jesus, 
When you submit to it, when you submit to the teachings of Jesus in all of their fullness and make Him the King and the Lord of your life and you place Him at the center of your heart, the result of that is a life that's defined by peace and by joy and by happiness because you have a God whose love and grace are incomprehensible. That's what you have in Jesus Christ. And God desires you to enjoy your life in Jesus. That's what God desires for each and every one of his people. And we're going to look at a passage this morning that teaches us that and tells us how we can even more so tap into that joy that we have in Jesus Christ. How to enjoy your life. Peter tells us in 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 through 12. That's going to be our passage this morning. If you would, take out your Bible. With me and turn with me there. We're going to be in the English Standard Version this morning. 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 through 12. Now, before we dive in, remember from previous Bible study that uh, the book of 1 Peter, written by the Apostle Peter, he's writing to a group of Christians in uh, a Roman province called Asia Minor. And it's a group of people uh, that um, are being, they're being persecuted. They're suffering. They're suffering uh, from the hands of the Jews. They're suffering from the hands of the Romans in many ways. But even in the midst of their suffering, even in the midst of their trials that they're going through, they still have the promise that Peter reveals to them. They still have a promise of a life defined by joy, even in the midst of what they're struggling with in the present. And Peter gives them the keys to enjoying their life even while they face the consequences of living in a fallen world. So that's what we're going to see this morning in 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 through 12. Let's look at verse 8. Look at verse 8, if you will. Peter says this, Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Now, we see this passage and we know that Peter calls us not to just do a list of things... That's not the way that this passage is presented, and, and as we see it within the scope of the entire book, Peter is not just telling us to uh, mark a checkbox in, uh, in, in our list to do's, our, our list to, to Christian do's. Uh, that's, not, that's, that's not what he's saying. It's not just a list of things that God's people are to do. Okay, i got to do this. i got to have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly affection, and i got to make sure I have all my P's and Q's in line so I can be pleasing to God. But rather, he's describing a certain kind of people that automatically do this because of the new life that they have experienced in Jesus. And he talks about this earlier in the book. If you look in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, Peter says this. He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. A Christian, Peter says, is one who has experienced a new birth. We have a new life in Jesus, and what we do now is a result of 
who we've become because of the transformation that we have received by the Spirit that happened when you were baptized. I look out over the landscape here in, in Highland Heights, and, and I just know since, since I've been at Highland Heights, I, I, have, I have seen so many people give encouragement freely. I've seen so many of you uh, perform acts of mercy and compassion in, in, in various ways. I've, I've seen so many of you display a kind of selfless, self-giving, sacrificial love toward one another. And when I see those things, I know that those are not just things that we do. We're not just checking uh, our, uh, our, our Christian box there. Those are not just something the things that we do, but they are the outflow of your new life that you have in Jesus Christ. Those things that you do, they're because of who you are now, who you've become in Jesus Christ. And that's what Peter's talking about. So what kind of people are we to be? Not just things that we are to do, but what kind of people are we to be? He says, we are to be a people that have unity of mind. Now, what, what that means is having a common mindset. It doesn't mean that we all have the same tastes and gifts and habits and opinions. It means that, that, that we're to have the same thoughts about the essentials of life, about, the, about, about God, about salvation, about Christian virtues. We are to be one together. He also says we are to be a people that are defined by sympathy. We are to have sympathy toward one another. And, and, and uh, the idea that's being communicated here is this feeling, uh, feeling what others feel so that I'm better equipped to help my fellow Christian. I consciously and actively put myself in the shoes of another person and I ask, what are they thinking? How are they perceiving this? How are they feeling through this life circumstance? which better equips me to respond with sympathy and help. That's the kind of people that we are to be. He also says brotherly love. That's, that's viewing each other not as strangers or distant relatives or just mere acquaintances, but as a family. That's the kind of people that we are. He says a tender heart, tender-hearted. The literal translation of the Greek here is to feel generous on your insides, in your belly. It's, it's referring to the idea of having so much affection for somebody else that you can almost feel it on the inside. That's the kind of people that we are because of our new life in Jesus Christ. And then lastly, he says, a humble mind, a mind that's, that's humble, that knows uh, who it really is and responds in humility and grace toward one another. These, this is the kind of people we are to be. And then Peter continues his explanation of a born-again life and new life in Jesus, which serves as the foundation of the rest of the passage and what I really want to focus on this morning. Look with me in verse 9, if you will, of 1 Peter chapter 3. Peter says this, do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless for to this you were called, that you may obtain a blessing. One of the most difficult things that we do in this life, 
that Jesus commands us to do. One of the most difficult parts, aspects of the Christian experience is to obey this passage. When people do evil to me, to pay them back, not with evil, not with reviling, which is what I want to do, which is what my heart tells me to do, but rather to pay them back with a blessing. Brothers and sisters, that's the pattern of Jesus Christ. Even when I was his enemy, even when I was a rebel against him, what did he do? He gave his life for someone like me. And it takes a whole lot of trust, a whole lot of trust to obey this command, to do this, to place my trust in Jesus. But when we trust him and we return evil with a blessing, we have his promise. This is what the passage says. We have his promise and his assurance that we will be blessed. It says that you may obtain a blessing. We know as Bible students that God is in the blessing business. God wants to bless his people. He wants to give you a blessing. When we live out our newborn again life in him, we have a hope of blessing. But, and this is the emphasis of the passage and what I want to hit upon this morning, but not just blessing to look forward to in the afterlife, in heaven, but blessing and fulfillment in our life right now. That's the logic of the passage. And the following verses teach that. Look with me in verse 10, if you will. For, very important word. For whoever desires to love life and see good days. Now let's talk about this, uh, this passage just for a moment. Notice first the word rendered for. For He transitions here uh, with the word for. This is an indication that Peter is using in verses 10 through 12, which is a quotation of Psalm 34, 12 through 16. This is an indication that Peter, the word for, is using verses 10 through 12 to support the argument that he just made in verse 9. Remember the argument, what we just talked about. God blesses those who act like Jesus. God blesses those who repay the evil done to them with a blessing. That's the argument. And Peter uses verses 10 through 12 to support that argument, drawing upon Psalm 34, verses 12 through 16. So Peter is essentially saying, God will bless you. God will bless you in the here and now when you behave like Jesus, when you repay evil with good, with a blessing, because that's what the Bible says. This is what Scripture says. It says it all the way back in the book, book, book of Psalms. And what do the Scriptures say? What does Psalm 34 say? Let's look at it. Whoever desires, as you see on the screen... Quotation of the psalm, Psalm 34. Whoever desires to love life. Whoever desires to love life. You know, we had the uh, Wilson County Fair. Well, it's the Tennessee State Fair now uh, that, that uh, was at the Wilson County Fairgrounds several weeks ago. Uh, but one of the things that I love at the fair are deep 
fried Oreos. I love those things. I absolutely love them. I love Oreos by themselves, but it's a thousand times better if you take an Oreo and you deep fry it. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. I love deep fried Oreos. What do I mean when I say that, though? What do I mean when I say I love deep fried Oreos? I mean that I enjoy deep fried Oreos. They bring me satisfaction. They bring me enjoyment. And it's very similar. The, the same line of reasoning is here within the passage. Whoever desires to love life, whoever desires to enjoy life, do you want to enjoy life? Do you want to enjoy life? That's what Peter is asking. And then he says, whoever desires to see good days, whoever desires to see good days. You know, we, we say things like, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm so glad that, that he got to have 10 good years before the cancer returned or maybe or something like that. What, what does that mean? What does a statement like that mean? It means that that time, those 10 years, they were filled with health. They were filled with joy. They were filled with satisfaction. They were filled with meaningful relationships. Good years, good days. So Peter says, whoever, quoting Psalm 34, whoever desires to love life, to enjoy life, and to see good days. In other words, whoever wants to obtain a blessing from God in this life, right now, do these things that you see following in verses 10 through 12. He's saying, here's how you enjoy life. Here's how you enjoy life. Having a life that's blessed by God. And I think that's very important. The logic of this passage is, um, this passage, it, it helps us, I believe, to, to see that we can legitimately be motivated to obey God by the promise of a good life in Jesus and seeing good days rather than evil and destructive days. That's a legitimate motivation to obey God, to live in God, to see good days, to enjoy life. That's the logic of the passage. And what follows, it tells us how to enjoy life in this present existence. Look with me in the second part of verse 10. Whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking Deceit. Let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. In other words, stop speaking evil with your mouth. Now, we as Bible students, we know that uh, the Bible has a lot to say about the tongue. The Bible has a lot to say about the words that come out of our mouth. We read in James in the third chapter, James tells us that, that the tongue is just a very small part of the body. It's like a bit in the mouth of a horse. It's like a rudder in, in, at, at the bottom of a giant ship. It's just a very small part of our body, but it has power to do great things. And the power sometimes that's rendered through the tongue is 
a destructive kind of power. It can be as destructive as a wild forest fire that sweeps across the land and destroys everything in its path. The tongue is very powerful, but it can also be used for a destructive force. And, and one of the most destructive uses of the tongue, I think, is when we gossip. Now, what is, what is gossip? Uh, think about that just, just for a moment. I don't think there's a singular definition within the Bible that tells us here's what gossip is. I don't think that you're going to find um, a clear-cut definition of gossip. You're going to see many examples of it within Scripture. Gossip is hard to define, um, but uh, consider with me this verse. Consider with me Proverbs chapter 18, verse 8. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 8. The proverb writer says this, The words of a whisperer are like delicious morsels. They go down into the inner parts of the body. Talking about gossip. And other, translation, other translations of the Bible render it that way. Now, I'll define gossip this way. Uh, just so we can try to wrap our minds around this. Gossip is this. In, it's indulging ourselves in the bad news of someone else's sin or someone else's shame. It's indulging ourselves, spreading the news of bad news about someone else's sin or someone else's shame. Gossip is when we find enjoyment in spreading bad news about someone else. And gossip is so evil. The Bible tells us that it is. It's so evil because it's antithetical to the gospel. Just think about what the gospel is. What is the gospel? The gospel of Jesus Christ is good news. The gospel is the good news that Jesus Christ has come to this earth that has lived among us, that has died for our sins, and on the third day rose so that we may have eternal life and live with joy in His presence. That's good news. And we as Christians should be ones that love proclaiming good news. When we gossip, the vast majority of the time, it's not good news. It's bad news. It's bad news about someone. So gossip is the very opposite. It's very contrary to the new life that we've embraced in Jesus Christ. Gossip is spreading bad news. And gossip is so destructive in relationships with our, within our relationships with one another. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 28 says, A dishonest man spreads strife, and a whisperer separates close Friends. You tear apart relationships. You don't advance relationships. You don't embrace the oneness that we've talked about in our previous series uh, with our brothers and sisters in Jesus. When we gossip in this way, we separate close friends. We cause rifts in the relationships that God himself has created when we participate in this activity. And this, this, this activity of gossip, the Bible says, is so atrocious that it's even deserving of death. In Romans chapter 1, verses 29 through 32, this is what Paul alludes to. Romans chapter 1, starting in verse 29, it says this, 
They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They're full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things everything that he just mentioned previously, deserve to die. They not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. So this sin of gossip, taming our tongue, controlling the words that come out of our mouth, it's a very serious matter because it can, it can be so destructive. It can break relationships. It can cause rifts in the unity that God has created. And so we enjoy life We enjoy life by keeping our tongue from evil. That's what Peter says. We bring enjoyment and satisfaction to our current existence when we stop speaking evil. And when we speak only that which is good and not indulging ourselves in that which is bad. Now I want to continue in the passage. Look with me in verse 11 of 1 Peter chapter 3. Verse 11 Peter also says, let him turn away from evil and do good. Whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him turn away from evil and do good. How do we enjoy life? We shun evil and we cultivate good. Jesus alludes to this in Matthew chapter 5 in the Sermon on the Mount, verse 29, this turning from evil, this shunning evil. And he, he tells us this, the seriousness of what's at, what's at stake in the Sermon on the Mount. In verse 29, Jesus says, If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away, for it's better, to you, for, for it's better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body be cast into hell. In other words, do whatever it takes to... To flee temptation, to flee sin. Don't go where you don't need to be. That's going to put you in a path where you're going to be vulnerable to Satan's attacks. Get away from it. Turn away from evil. Shun evil. Very important in leading a life that's defined by joy and that's defined by satisfaction. However, and we see this in our passage in, 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 uh, in verse 11, but Don't just turn from evil and let that be the bulk of your faith and let that action be what Christianity is all about. He says, do good. Cultivate good. We see in Scripture that the essence of Christianity, what Christianity is at its core, it isn't just don't do this, don't do that, stay away from this, turn away from that. That's not the essence of Christianity, but rather do this, pursue these things, bring about that which is good in life. Isaiah, the prophet, makes mention of this in Isaiah chapter 1, verses 16 through 17. Isaiah says in verse 16 in chapter 1, Wash yourselves, make yourselves clean, remove the evil of your deeds from before my eyes, cease to do evil. Essentially the same thing that Peter says. But notice what he says in verse 17. 
Learn to do good. Seek justice. Here's how you do good, Isaiah says. Here's what it means to do good. Seek justice. Correct oppression. Bring justice to the fatherless. Plead the widow's cause. Now all of these things, all of these, uh, these, these external actions, all of these things are for, the benef- are, are, are the ben- are for the benefit of society. So that all people, no matter their status, no, their, no matter their position, no matter what they have, what they don't have, that they may be blessed. So we see that whatever you do in the name of Jesus that makes this world a better place, seeking fairness, seeking justice for all people, uh, correcting oppression, bringing justice to the fatherless, taking care of people that can't take care of themselves. Whatever you do in the name of Jesus that makes this world a better place to live is exactly what Peter is talking about in 1 Peter chapter 3. He's telling us to be a people that seeks to make people's lives better. Be a people that, that, that lives for the joy of other people in the name of Jesus, bringing glory to Jesus. Pursue their blessing. Pursue your neighbor's satisfaction. Live to bring other people's joy and satisfaction into reality. That's what it means to do good And that's how you enjoy life. If all you're doing is sitting there and turning away from evil and saying, no, God, I can't do this, not this, I'm refraining from this, I'm staying away from this, but you're not cultivating good, you're not pursuing anything, anyone's blessing in your life with tenacity and a passion and a zeal, you're going to miss the whole point. You're going to miss the whole point of having a joyful life in Jesus Christ. You enjoy life by shunning evil, by turning away evil, and at the same time cultivating good within your life, within your neighbor's life, when you live for others and when you turn away from evil. Now lastly this morning, let's, let's look back at our passage in 1 Peter chapter 3. The second half of verse 11, he says, Let him seek peace and pursue it. Whoever desires to love life, whoever desires to see good days, let him seek peace and maintain it. Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, again in Matthew chapter 5, verse 9, he says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of of God. Happy are the peacemakers. Their lives are full of abundant blessings when they live to make peace within their lives, within their relationships. But not only to make peace, he says in the passage in 1 Peter 3, but to maintain it, to maintain that peace that we have. That's what brings about joy. That's what brings about satisfaction. But sometimes, sometimes, maintaining peace requires that you give up something. It requires self-sacrifice to not only seek this peace, but to maintain it. But even in the midst of the sacrifice, on down the road, it leads to a path of enjoyment, 
of a blessed life. When we seek peace, when we make peace, and we strive to do whatever is in our power to maintain that peace that we have with one another. And then Peter goes on to say, as we close this morning, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer. There's really only one basic reason, I think, why we disobey the uh, commands of Jesus. Why do, we di- why do we disobey? Why do we do what is contrary to the will of God? It's because we don't have this heartfelt confidence that obeying will bring more blessing than disobeying. I believe in the moment that disobeying, defining right and wrong, good and evil on my own terms, I believe in the moment that this is going to be the avenue of greater blessing. This is going to be the avenue of greater pleasure. This is going to be the avenue of greater fulfillment, of greater joy. But Jesus, in this passage, he promises the exact opposite. He promises that greater blessings come to those who live in obedience to his word and to his will. He promises that the eyes of the Lord are directed toward repentant sinners who fully trust in him for their righteousness. He promises that his ears are open and listening to the cries and tears of those who fear him. And he also promises in the last half of verse 12, but the face of the Lord is against those who don't seek these things, who do evil. So we've seen this morning that God God desires you to have uh, a joyful life, to have a life that's defined by joy uh, in the here and now, in this present world, in this present existence in, in Jesus Christ. So, and then he says, stop speaking evil. Stop speaking evil of one another and do good. Turn away from evil and cultivate good. Pursue good in your life and seek peace and maintain it. And you will be walking on the path that leads to a joyful life and a life that's filled with good days. If anyone needs any prayers or anything uh, from us this morning, the invitation is extended to you. You can come forward and make whatever you have in your life known. Um, We can be lifting you up to God. Also, if if you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, if you haven't submitted to Him, if you're lost and you know you need Jesus Christ, Jesus came to die for you. He came to this world fully man, fully God. He came to this world to die for your sins, uh, to rise on the third day and give you the hope of an everlasting life. You can repent this morning, make a change, make a choice, make a decision to go the other way, to do things God's way. You can come forward right now as we sing the song here in a moment and confess your faith publicly. And you can be immersed in water for the forgiveness of your sins, beginning a relationship with the Lord Jesus. If you have any need, why don't you come forward as we stand and as we sing. Jesus is very near. Burns are lifted at Calvary. Calvary, Calvary, burns.
Jesus is very near. Cast your care on Jesus today. Leave your worry and fear. Burdens are lifted at Calvary. Jesus is very near. Burdens are lifted at Calvary. Calvary, Calvary. Burdens are lifted at Calvary. Jesus is very near. Troubled soul, the Savior can see every heartache and tear. Burdens are lifted at Calvary. Jesus is very near. Burdens are lifted at Calvary. Calvary, Calvary. Burdens are lifted at Calvary. Jesus is very near. We had 230 here with us this morning. Appreciate you being here. Invite you to stay for Bible classes, which will follow uh, immediately after services this morning. And also invite you back to be with us at 6 o'clock tonight and at 7 o'clock on Wednesday night. Jeremy Knox will close us out in prayer after... Uh, we sing one final song that's not in our books, uh, I Walk with the King. We will sing this one and then be dismissed in prayer. I walk with the King to heavenly land, the kingdom of light, the pathway of right, eternal is throne. Forever twill be a mansion's on high, a crown there for me. I walk with the king through pastures so green, by quiet water still to do his good will. He lighteth the the king I walk with the king though dark be the way he is the true light the kingdom of day someday on yon shore I'll hear his voice say come home you're my child Tis evening past day. I walk with the king through pasture so green, by quiet water still, to do his good will. He lighteth the way from darkness to day. I hold to his hand. I walk with the King. Before we're closed out in prayer, just had a few quick rise-related announcements uh, to share, add a few details to. 
The pumpkin patch signups already closed, but if you signed up for that trip this month and you haven't paid Allison, please do so before we leave uh, on the 14th for the pumpkin patch. Um, T-shirts, you saw the announcement there about the sign-up sheet. We're gonna change the color this year, Lord willing, of our shirts, and then I'm sure a lot of the kids are, have grown and need bigger shirts. But we also wanna say parents or grandparents, if you would like to be cool and have a Rise or a youth group T-shirt, you can sign up too. I don't believe Jake and his youth budget or me and my RISE budget have it to cover, so you'll have to pay for your own, but you can see me or Holly to work that out. Your kids can sign up. We got it covered. Parents, if you want one, please sign up and then just reach out to us uh, to pay for yours. Also, need your help, church, for our Kindness Club. That's the youth group, uh, the RISE group that meets once a month because God has been so kind to us. We try to be kind to others. For November, we're planning a, a special thing to try to give a Thanksgiving meal uh, to families in need. And so church, I'll need your help. If you can turn into me or Holly, names of families you may know in the community that, that could use uh, a little help for a meal during Thanksgiving. We're gonna try to get those names turned in by October, by the end of October, if you can turn that in to us. And then we'll get some more information to you if you'd like to donate some uh, food. We'll have something set up here shortly. But please, if you know of a name of a family, a single parent, whatever, that could use some help during Thanksgiving, please reach out to me or Holly. And then just real quick on Girls for God, just a reminder, that is our uh, fifth or sixth grade and up uh, Bible study for the, the young ladies. Uh, please read 1 Samuel chapter 3 for, for this evening at 4.30. And then mothers, grandmothers, y'all are more than welcome to come. They're going to do some games at the start you're more than welcome to participate in that and you can even sit in on the classroom uh if you're like me and can't go to girls for god please be praying for it uh the world is setting such a terrible example for our young ladies and we want to use this class this devotion to help strengthen them and being the young women that god wants them to be sorry for so many announcements just wanted to get all that stuff out there if you would please bow with me our god and father we thank you so much for your goodness, your mercy, for your glory, your power. Father, we thank you for this time that we have gotten to worship as your congregation, to assemble as the body of Christ here. Uh, Father, please help us to make it our daily goal to shun the very appearance of evil and to actively pursue goodness and mercy and letting our light shine for you. Father, please be with us as we are about to attend Bible class. Please help us to have open hearts and have the the teachers do their best to bring forth uh, insight from your word. Father, above everything, we thank you for Christ our Savior. It's in his name we ask and pray. Amen.